Well, we've got five services, and I have chosen to dedicate these services to my love affair with Leviticus. Leviticus is not my girlfriend, someone that I'm playing around with on the side that Renee doesn't know about. Uh, it's a book of the Bible that most people ignore. But I, uh, I've always loved Leviticus. And um, these offerings and these feasts, they've given so much more to me than I've given to them. Matthew remembered it like this. This is Matthew 27 and verse 50. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. This is what Mark said in Mark 15 and 37. And Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. But this is what John said. In John chapter 19 and verse 30, it said, When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. He bowed his head, gave up the ghost. I'm convinced that's the thing that Matthew and Mark said he cried something again with a very loud voice. And that something that he cried, I'm convinced, are those three words. It is finished. John's account interests me because he used a tax collector and a merchant's term. It, 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 it interested me. I, I have a friend who just, he, he was an excellent student. He lived in the western part of the state. But he went to the University of Michigan. And he told me something fascinating. He said that the University of Michigan had one of the finest ancient language libraries anywhere in the world and he loved all that stuff and so he was over there one evening in the the uh, rare book room at the library and was going through copies of roman tax records that were still they they have them they're just clay tablets they that were from the time of Jesus and his ministry. And Romans, of course, great number crunchers. And when someone would pay off their tax debt, they would write this Greek word on that tablet, telestai, which is the same original word in Greek that John said, it is finished. It was, it's paid off. The debt has been fully satisfied. And uh, you and I are, uh, Jesus told the story about two servants. One owed an enormous amount. It's, it's in Matthew chapter 18. He said he owed 10,000 talents, which depending on how you can figure out what a talent is worth. It's millions and millions and millions of dollars. And you and I are the first 
forgiven servant in Matthew chapter 18 because um, we, we owed a debt that we couldn't pay. And he paid a debt that he didn't owe. And he said in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 17, I didn't come to destroy the law. I came to fulfill it. And I could read you, especially from Hebrews. Hebrews, as I've tried to show you, just look at the name Hebrew. The, the book of Hebrews, we, we don't know who wrote it. Uh, it's always been a debate. M- most people believe Paul wrote it, but you can't prove that. Um, there are a lot of similarities. The, 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 the syntax of the mind and that amazing lawyerly way that he had of explaining things. It's, it's very possible that he did, but we, we don't have any proof that he did. But the book of Hebrews is the last attempt to convince Jewish Christians that what they had in Jesus was superior to anything they ever had under the Old Testament law. And you will read in in Hebrews words called types and shadows. And when Jesus said, I have come to fulfill the law, this has to include all of the law's types, shadows, examples, illustrations, metaphors, the Old Testament, and especially the Old Testament law and its ceremonies, are a picture gallery of Jesus. And when he said, it's finished, he was saying that all of those snapshots and pictures of him in the offerings and the feasts, and the furniture and the tabernacle, the ministry of the priest, and all of the sacrifices, it was completely fulfilled. And the reason we have so many of them is because there are just so many things he did for us at Calvary. And one sacrifice wouldn't have been able to do it. One offering wouldn't have been enough. See, The thing that's so amazing is Jesus was both the sacrifice and the priest who officiated over the sacrifice. And that's why these five offerings should be studied. Because each one of him is like a different pose, a a different facet of who he was. And last week, we studied the burnt offering. Each of these offerings has a word that I've always associated with them. And when, when you study the, the burnt offering, I, I think the word is surrender. I, I think that's, that's the key word. And, and um, you learn uh, in Leviticus chapter 1 that the sacrifice had to be a male. And it had to be without blemish. And that offering has to be given voluntarily. And how they laid their hands on that animal's head and transferred their sin from their person to that sacrifice. And let's face it, Jesus was a male without sin. And uh, 
He said, you're not, none, none of you are taking my life. I'm laying it down voluntarily. And Bible said in Corinthians, he that knew no sin was made sin for us. And uh, when, you, when you study Leviticus chapter 1 and they laid their hands on that animal's head, it's very specific that that sacrifice had to be made pointing towards the north. Had to be. It's not by chance that Golgotha, the place of the skull where Jesus was crucified, it's, 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 it's the north part of Jerusalem. And, and that sacrifice had to be completely burned up. It had to be completely consumed. Gee, I mean, when you think of it, Jesus didn't just sacrifice an eye or a part of his hand. He didn't just take a beating or, or, or suffer a thorn or a nail. He, he gave everything he had. He, he gave his back to that whip. He gave his, the cheeks on his face. To those people that they, it says they ripped out the hair in his beard. He, 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 he gave his, his faith. They spit on him. Have you ever been spit on? I've been spit on twice in my life. It is an unpleasant experience. And I, 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 he, he, he gave his, his face to that shame. He, he gave his hands and his feet to the nails, he, he gave his side to the spear, he, to the slaps, he, he gave his, his, his forehead and the brow to, 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 the, to the thorns, he, he, he gave his ears to the, to the horrible things that he had to listen to, he, he, he gave his heart for it to be forsaken, he, is there one part of him that he kept back? He gave his all physically, he gave his all mentally, and he gave him his all spiritually. And so that sacrifice was fully consumed. And uh, tonight we're going to study the meat offering, which is chapter 2 of Leviticus. And it's a little play on words because... You have to understand we've got a King James Bible written in the 1600s and it's called Old Middle English Text. And, and back then, no, nobody invited you to have dinner. No, nobody asked you to, to, you weren't invited to a meal. You sat down to meet. And just because it says meat doesn't mean there's meat. Because ironically, this is the only offering of the five that doesn't include flesh. It's all about meal, flowers, grains, cereals. You've got to remember, Israel is predominantly farmers. And that first offering showed us how he surrendered himself on the cross. This this offering, I'm convinced, shows us his service. And, and Jesus, in John 6 and verse 48, he said, I am not just any, but I am that bread of life. 
He went on in verse 51, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the... Remember at that dinner, took that bread. This is my body, which is broken for you. In John 12, Jesus was referring to himself when he talked about that grain of wheat. That if it doesn't fall into the ground and die, he said it's going to abide alone. But if it falls into the ground and dies, there's going to be an amazing harvest. And, and just as grains have to be crushed, produce that flour and baked in the fire in order that a, a magnificent loaf of bread can be produced. He was crushed on the crucible called the cross baked in the earth, only to come forth on the third day as that one who now gives us the nourishment and the strength to carry on, that he's the bread of life. And if you read chapter 2 of Leviticus, there had to be oil that was mixed with with that flour, and you, you couldn't put any leaven in there. And there, it was you not permitted to put honey. I, I, I never realized that until just studying today. Just you can't allow honey to be permitted to be mixed with this with this loaf. And uh, I mean, would anyone doubt that, you know the analogy, the typology in the scripture that oil was the spirit? And would anyone doubt that? He had the anointing of that Holy Spirit on and in his life. And I wish I had time to talk to you about cheap tricks that the enemy uses. That uh, he, he provides substitutes for the real thing. I, uh, it's not by chance that you go to a restaurant occasionally and it'll talk about we serve food and spirits. Because long ago, the enemy inspired people to use leaven or yeast to ferment grain and to add sugar or honey to make beers and liquors. Where I came from, they just called it shine. None of these cheap imitations are permitted in this offering. I, I want to add something here. I, I, I've always been an advocate of serving the Lord with joy? Is, is there ever been a greater time to be a witness of Jesus Christ than right now? Because, buddy, this, this whole place is in despair. There is a fog of, of, of depression and oppression that's just hanging over the land. It, it, it means the world. I, 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 I was in a store today and, 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 and I, I was joking with the lady in the store and, and, and she, she said, why do you keep talking like that? I said, I'm trying to make you laugh. And she, she looked and stopped and she said, thanks. She said, I don't remember the last time I've laughed in the last couple of months. And it's just, it's kind of sad. And, and I, I've always been an advocate of serving the Lord with joy. But when you study this offering, the lesson is very clear. Don't put any honey in it. Don't try and sweeten it. 
There are ministries that only try to dwell on the benefits and the blessings of serving Jesus. And I don't deny them. But I want to remind you again, this is a narrow way. I will remind you that this isn't just a weekend hobby or or a, a Sunday shot in the arm. This is a lifestyle change. And I'm not here to sugarcoat it or to sweeten it. There is a cost that comes with serving Him. We are witnesses. We are ambassadors. We are soldiers. And if serving Him seems too expensive to some, well, then take a long, hard look at what He paid in order to redeem you and I. Hallelujah. And I think if we took a little bit more time to think about what he paid for our redemption, we'd possibly spend less time counting how much it cost and how much of a sacrifice this is to serve him. In Leviticus chapter 2 and verse 2, it says, And he shall bring it to Aaron's sons, the priest, and he shall take therefore his handful of the flour thereof, and of the oil and the frankincense, and the priest shall burn the memorial of it upon the altar to be an offering made by fire of a sweet savor unto the Lord. This is, this is an amazing verse. I, I'm not saying this to brag. I'm saying this to try and teach you something. I, I don't know, a week ago? When, when, when did we have the missionaries on Monday? Was it a week ago, Monday, or two weeks ago? I, huh? A week ago. So I'm sitting here and, and it's just as clear as a bell what I'm supposed to do. I'd, I'd, I'd saved $5,000 because I needed grass to this house that Renee and I moved into. And it's just all mud and weeds now. And these wonderful builders don't tell you that. We're going to build your house, but you don't get grass. You don't get any bushes, you don't get any flowers, no sprinklers, nothing like that. That's your responsibility. So I thought, at the minimum, it'd cost 5000 bucks to get some sod and then to, you know, have some sprinklers and make sure the thing doesn't die and maybe put a few, put a few bushes out there to make it look respectable. And I'm sitting here, and this missionary's talking, and I'm saying, okay, you get the grass money. And so it, it wasn't a struggle. It was just, boom, did it. You were here, many of you. I did it. And never thought anything about that until, until today. I, uh, I, I, I've, I've got to provide homeowner's insurance for uh, uh, this house. And uh, so I keep calling my insurance uh, guy, and he won't call me back. And I knew his wife was the, the secretary of the company, so I called her, and she wouldn't call me back. I sent them multiple texts. And uh, they, they never got a hold of me. So I'm thinking, well, what am I going to do? And all of a sudden I realize, hey, TJ, Taylor Elkins, he's, he's been taking care of my car insurance. So I get a hold of TJ and I said, I, 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 I need some help. I, I need homeowner's insurance. And he said, well, I can help you with that. And uh, he said, give me a couple of days. I'll put some numbers together. I'll get with you Sunday before church or Wednesday before church. I said, okay. So I'm here studying this afternoon. He pops in. He's just grinning like he always is. A very cheerful guy, you know. And uh, 
I always paid my homeowner's insurance and my car insurance in January. It was always for six months. It was a lot of money, so I'd pay six months in January, save up, pay six months in July. And so I told him about that, you know. I said, if I could teach it, I'd, I'd like to pay it all for the whole year. But I don't know if I can afford that. Well, he said, let's, let's run these numbers here. And I, I always paid $2,300 every January for six months for car insurance. I got a wife that's got a very colorful history with car accidents. And, uh, and so our car insurance has always been quite high. And Michigan has the highest car insurance in the country. And so 2300 bucks twice, that's $4,600. So uh, my house was, was always $2,200. And... Uh, 22, 20, I think it was closer to 24 every six months. So that was five grand a year. TJ comes in and he said, well, what do you think about this? And he slides this paper to, over to me and it says 1,500 bucks. And I said, uh, TJ, I don't want to do one car for six months. I want to do two cars for the whole year. I said, that's all, a little all over half of what I used to pay for one car for six months. He said, I know, but the rates have changed. And he said, now this is both of your cars for the whole year. And I went, oh, okay. He said, I got some more good news. He said, here's your homeowner's insurance. And he slid that across to me, and it was about 1700 bucks. And I, I said, TJ, I, I would like to pay the whole year, not six. He said, that is the whole year. I said, wait a minute. I, I paid 4600 last year, and this year I paid 1700 for the house, and I paid 2400 for vehicles last year, and I, I got 15 for this, and I, I'm doing this math, and I, I'm, doing, I'm going, you saved me over $5,000. And I'm going, as soon as that happened, bam, grass money. I got the grass money back. So he gets up and gets, so I can't stand it. I said, well, I believe in tithing, TJ. So I said, I'm going to give you 500 bucks. And he said, what's that for? I said, that's a tithe off the 5,000 you saved me. Just consider a Christmas present. You want it or not? He said, yeah, I want it. <laughs> I gave him 500 bucks. I said, I was going to spend the money anyway and more than that. So he got ready to leave and he said, oh, I forgot the best part. He said, we're, we're, we're doing this in December. Your other stuff really didn't kick in until March. He said, you're going to get a rebate check back from your former insurance company for 3,500 bucks. And I'm going, I saved 5,000 on this and I'm getting 3,500. I'm 8,500 bucks to the good. Why are you saying that, pastor? Because it says it right here. It says, 
and he shall take therefore there out his handful. And you had this big pile of flour and you had frankincense in there that made it smell good and, 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 and had some oil in there and, and that priest would scoop out a handful of it and he would take it and he would throw it in the fire and it would burn it all up. But look at everything that was left. I'm telling you folks, what we do, what's, what's he asking for? Just a handful. Just, just a handful. Because he's given us so much more that's left when it's all said and done. Can, can we give him a handful? You know, I, I think, you know, it says a, a day with the Lord's a thousand years. So to me, 12 hours, you know, is 500 years. And six hours would be 250 years. And three hours would be 125 years. And so if, if you can live to be 70, it's an hour and a half. Can't we just live for God for an hour and a half? It's just a handful. It's just a handful. And it's a sweet-smelling offering. Listen to this. I found this today. Never ever remember this. It's just Genesis 8. And Noah built an ark under the, an altar under the Lord and took of every clean beast and every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor. And he said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. And he went on to say, I'll never destroy the world again by water. It was when, when, when Noah offered that sacrifice, God smelled it. And, and it's very clear. It said, God smelled a sweet savor. It's the same words that are used repeatedly in Leviticus 1, 2, and 3. This, this is the verse, I've reminded you of this. Some, Amos 5 and verse 21. I hate, I despise your feast days. I will not smell in your assembly. The word of God associates God's sense of smell with our offerings. And listen, here's Ephesians 5 and 2. Walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. I'll tell you what the meal offering is about. This is, this is about us realizing God's goodness and his provisions. And it's a voluntary act of worship that was offered as thanks for the blessings that he has placed on our labors. This was a sacrifice of daily devotion. So how do you apply this to your life? First of all, how, how, how do you make these offerings, you know, relative in daily life? First of all, let's come to him as a whole burnt offering. Let's, let's, let's not hold anything back. Let's, just as he was willing to surrender, let's be willing to surrender. And, 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 and then the next offering is this meal offering or this meat offering that, that when we continue coming to him, this, this is something that happened to do again. And again. These, these actions 
are, are represented in the scripture as pleasing to God. I, every morning I, I, I wake up to my wife in another room praying, just calling on God, talking in tongues. Sometimes it lasts an hour. Sometimes it's an hour and a half. It's just praying with these women. He, here's Paul in Corinthians 2. He said, for we, just like Sac Calvary was a sweet savor. This is what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 2 and 15. For we are unto God a sweet savor of Christ and them that are saved and in them that perish. Later, this is Philippians 4, received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing. What, what it, Paul's in jail, and this guy brings him a present, and he called it an odor of sweet smell. Because he knew those people sacrificed to give that thing to him. And he said, what you've done is not only pleasing to me, but it's pleasing to God. That, that frankincense, that, 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 that frank incense, it, it was burned. And it, it's just this great picture of prayer. I, I was speaking at Bonnie Ward's funeral, and she 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 was she had a very consistent prayer life. And when you it's it's in the book of Luke, in the opening chapter of the book of Luke, John the Baptist's father was a priest, and it says he was offering incense unto the Lord. And in the very next verse, it says this, thy prayer is heard. Because incense is this great picture of, of prayer. David said in Psalms 141, Lord, I cry unto thee. Make haste unto me. Give ear unto my voice when I cry let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense and the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Is it by chance that, that those, those original 12 didn't ask Jesus, would you please teach us how to preach? I went to Bible school. That's what everybody, would you teach us how to preach? They said, Lord, would you teach us how to pray? He said, okay, this is how you pray. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. And just like the, I, I, I taught you with the burnt offering. It's, I'm, you're going to see it. It pops up again and again and again. In the burnt offering, we had herds, we had flocks, and we had fowl. That depending on your economic status, if you were wealthy, you would offer an oxen. If you were middle class, you offered herds, sheep or goats. 
If, if you were less fortunate, you offered birds, turtle, dove, turtle doves, or pigeons. But watch this. This is Leviticus chapter 2 and verse 4. And if thou bring an oblation of a meat offering, bacon in the oven. Next, Leviticus 2 and 5. And if thy oblation or thy sacrifice be a meat offering, bacon in a pan. Here's Leviticus 2 and 7. And if thy oblation be a meat offering, bacon in a frying pan, it shall be made of fine flour with oil. Boy, that's Grandma Miney right there. Because where Mother and I came from, you fried everything. Fried chicken, fried taters, fried steak, and then baked nothing. If you could fry that dude. i never forget going to Bible school and they said, you ever been to Mexico? No, he didn't need a passport back then. So they took me down. We went to the valley in southern Texas, went into Mexico, and, and they said, have you ever had fried ice cream? And I said, what? You can fry ice cream? Yeah, I remember telling my grandma, grandma, I had fried ice cream. <laughs> it didn't go over big in West Virginia. But to a hillbilly kid, yeah. Do you see the difference? See, not everybody could afford an oven. But, but, but if you were wealthy enough to own an oven then when you baked your offering, you better make sure you put it in the oven. And then there was this other thing. It was called a, a baking pan. It wasn't an oven. It wasn't a frying pan. It was a, a baking pan, something bigger. But then if all you had was skillet, if all you had was a frying pan. I, I, I keep saying this again and again and again. If God never remember that scripture in Romans 12 which is your reasonable service God never expected people to give more than they could afford but whatever you gave it better be the best if you had cows and you were blessed with a a herd of cows it better be your best cow if you had flocks of goats or sheep, make sure it's the best one you got. If you got birds, make sure it's the best birds you got. God never expected people who had flocks to give something from a herd, and he wouldn't accept them giving something from the fowl. You had to give the best you had unto him. And if we will surrender... hearts to him and then be that that meat or that meal offering are you willing to be see there's three things here I wish I, I don't have time one of them was flour and then the next one was a cake and then the next one was was grain that had been roasted by fire and flour's unproven it's 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 the lowest form of offering. But then, after you've been through some things, <laughs> then you could offer a different 
type of offering unto him. He could get away with a loaf. But the highest form of offering here was grain that had been tried by fire. And it was, you could store it up and it lasts for years. Some of you have only been serving the Lord for a short amount of time. It's flour. You really haven't had a real test yet. It's coming, promise you. It's coming. But take your flour and make an offering of flour. Others, you've been around longer. And man, you, you, can, you can put a loaf out before them. But some of you are here. You were young and now you're old. And he never abandoned you. You never had to beg. You've been tried by fire. And you're going to stand the test of time. You're a witness and an example. How could you have a testimony if you don't have a test? Renee and I met with magnificent people after church Sunday that want to make this their church home. And I, I always try to explain to people, there's holiness and there's church government. It's not the same. And I said, the one thing we, we don't want out of people that come here is to say, well, they never did that in the church that I came from. And my explanation is, well, that's not where you are. You're here now. And if you work for McDonald's, you're going to wear their uniform. I saw a guy today. I knew he was working for Amazon because it wasn't just that big van it was driving. It was that, that goose down jacket he had on with that little thing on there. I knew he worked for Amazon. Everybody's got house rules. They're different. I said, but what I want out of you, if you're going to come here, is you just say, teach me and tell me what you expect out of me, and we'll gladly do that. And they said, yes, sir, that's what we want to do. What, how much of a value can you place on a spirit like that? It just says, Valerie's here somewhere. She's been helping me today with a something we've had to deal with and uh, in my files back there in my office I've got this wonderful letter from Valerie one year after her and Jeff had been in church and Valerie's always been a wonderful keeper of records and she said here here are our expenses Pastor Hoffman the year before we served God and there was so much in there for alcohol and so much for, for Jeff. Jeff, Jeff was an amateur uh, chemist, I guess you could call that. <laughs> but the, them chemicals cost a lot. There were divorce expenses, and there was alimony and things. She said, here's our tithing and our offerings the first year. We serve the Lord. And it was considerably less than the money that they had spent the year before they served God. And she said, you were right, Brother Hoffman. It's cheaper to go to heaven. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you don't sell a pack of cigarettes for three bucks anymore. On and on and on I can go. I, I didn't give up anything to serve him. 
he has paid me back again and again and again and again. Let's stand and thank him together in Jesus' name. Now I know, uh, traditionally Thanksgiving to Christmas, it's one of the hardest times in the year to have church. And, and you, I just, as your pastor, I want to thank you for your faithfulness this year. I, I, you, you, your attendance, your, 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 your attitude, your, your giving, your, even tonight it, it, before I got up here, the way you responded to the worship and to the music, and it's just, you've just made it easy on us to be leaders in this church because you've just been surrendered people that just want to serve him. Lord Jesus, thank you this day, Father, once again, that we're on the other side of the dirt. I thank you, Lord, just for the privilege to be alive. And if there was ever a time for your people to shout and shine, it's right now. So we're asking you, Lord Jesus, that you would guide us as we navigate, not just through this city, but through this culture and through these times, that we would be a light. And that you said that I don't, I, I don't, I don't want your light underneath a basket. You said if we do that, you'll take, you'll take the light away. And as much you, you came here to, to die for the world, and yet your word teaches us that you would rather have a city in darkness than to have a church in that city that won't shine. Lord Jesus, we're going to take this thing and be a city that's set on a hill. And we're going to shine, and we're going to do our very best to be a witness and to be a great example of what happens when you fully commit to serve Jesus Christ. Give these wonderful people a night of rest. Give these precious young people, Lord, struggling with this online schooling. Don't let their grades suffer. Lord, let them be good students and good examples. And we make a covenant with you today, Lord. We're going to please you with our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I love you. Thanks for coming to Bible class tonight. It's been an honor to be your instructor and your teacher, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Have a good night of rest. Wake up in the morning, and we'll do it all over again tomorrow, okay? I love you. Good night.